The Blockbusters Podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us as well as other fantastic podcasts such as Pencil and Ink Review, Another Damn Trivia Show, and The Language of Bromance at podbros.com, as well as on most other fine podcasting services. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to share and enjoy the Blockbusters Podcast. Welcome to episode 66 of the Blockbusters Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. And today we are going to be taking on Batman v Superman, and uh, <laughs> we'll see how that battle goes. Um, yeah. But before we dive into that, uh, just real quickly at the top here, um, I wanted to kind of address Paul's most recent uh, addition to our um, feed. podcast yeah. feed here, um, his uh, thank you thing, which I... I, of course, listened to and um, <laughs> would so. very quickly, yes, uh, very quickly, of course, would echo all those sentiments. But in a slightly more detail, um, I would like to take just a really quick opportunity. Um, and then I hear the sound of everyone fast forwarding. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going to put anything in here to say how long it's going to be. So. Yeah, so, oh, yes, good luck finding out when we're into the movie. Okay. Uh, Yes, so, of course, thank you um, to everyone that has participated in this, that has been supportive, which is just really too many people to name, uh, and people Not that have indulged <laughs> us, <laughs> and, and, and the people that keep us going despite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yes, this is definitely, like Paul said, just more than I could ever have dreamed or hoped for with this. Um when I, you know, Paul and I first got to, got together and kind of thought of this, like, oh, this would just be a fun thing to do. We really love talking about movies. Why not just record those conversations yeah. and see how it goes? And, like, also, like Paul said, very spotty at the beginning. You know, um, <laughs> we're trying to be a little more reliable now with the content we, we provide. And, yeah. and we're um, also not just hashing the entire plot of the film, which we Yes, yes, just do. pretty much just... <laughs> A boring rehash of what happened with a couple of jokes in there, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, this is, I mean, film is such a passion for me, and I know, um, I'm going to say like Paul said a lot here, but I know we can come off pretentious or snobby or whatever. Um, okay. It's just that we, that isn't our intention, it's just because we care so much about the art form. <laughs> I, I really do think that's the case. Um, and I love talking with anyone about movies that will have me talk about movies, and I'm lucky that Paul at least tolerates <laughs> those conversations. Hey, uh, come on. For I, me. I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Like, yeah, you're yeah. one of about three people I can actually have these conversations with. Yeah, so we with. can actually nerd out comfortably uh, and just really talk about plot and theme and character development and visuals and all that great stuff that we love in a, in a solid movie. Um, so yeah, just thank you, um, for listening. Thank you for just being a part of this. Um, uh, I can't wait to see what lays ahead for us. Yeah. Um, like I said, the interviews are, have, have been amazing. I hope there are more things like that in our future. But yeah, I, I mean, I can go on and on, but uh, just really a sense of gratitude for everything. Um, I love doing this. Um, obviously, we don't make a single dime. We spend dimes yep. doing this. Uh, 
So it's a labor of love. Uh, yeah, I, I was about to uh, very quickly figure out how many dimes. I think it's about a hundred dimes. A hundred dimes every month. <laughs> yeah, so just uh, keep it up. We love the s- uh, support and feedback. Um, we want to hear from you what you would like this podcast to be. Not necessarily saying we will go in that direction, yeah, yeah. but we would like to, you know, we want you to be included. Uh, so just just interact, and we love that. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, I think we're ready to get into the movie here. Yeah, sure. All right. Um Oh, nuts and bolts, real quick. No, yeah. uh, well, incredibly on, quick, because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Brian will be able to see I've written three things down. Yes. Uh, so, the director, Mr. Zack Snyder. Yep. Known for being a visual director, mm-hmm. I'll say. Working uh, on the story. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, budget mm-hmm. of $250 million, and this is the box office for the first four days, because that was the only figures that were released so far. Four hundred and sixty-eight million five hundred and forty-seven thousand eight hundred and forty-three American dollars worldwide, which I looked it up. That is two hundred million dollars less than Man of Steel made in its entire theatrical run. Although, given the decline on people going to see this film over the four days, I don't know if it will make that much. I don't much. think it's going to make. I don't think it's going to turn a profit. I think it might break even. Um, but what, you mean, from what I understand, steel, no, no, compared to like with what their marketing budget was. Ah, and, okay. Yeah, um, I don't think that was in. The, oh, yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, that's what. Yeah, I, I don't know. But <laughs> um, all right, then. yeah, should we bother with this synopsis? <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, it's kind of there in the title, but <laughs> yes and, and no. no. Yeah. <laughs> The director specifically stated it is V, not versus. V, and okay. So yeah. V can be anything, then. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I never fully understood that because there's only what is one the time... Distinction? You would, what is the importance? There's only one time you would use V, and I'm, I suppose he's pointing out that the entire film is not Batman fighting Superman. No, it isn't. <laughs> it, it is not, no. There's a fair amount other than that that happens. But go on, then. Let's see what this synopsis sure. is. <laughs> Fearing that the actions of Superman are left unchecked, Batman takes on the Man of Steel while the world wrestles with what kind of a hero it really needs. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I would say a crazed businessman <laughs> um, gets everything he wants and, sorry, oh, at the top, as always, spoiler cast. Yes. <laughs> everything is spoilers. This is how we do things, but yeah, that, sorry if this is your first time joining us. Well, um, it, we give away everything. So, uh, well, Especially given some of the mm-hmm. conversation we're going to be having later. Uh, yes. Yeah. So... Yeah, so this is Lex's movie. Uh, he yeah. is pretty much the protagonist. He is the protagonist. He, like you said, he uh, gets what he wants, and he wins in the end. Yes. Yeah, pretty and, much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, with one slight see how I can look at that. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> why is he? Yeah, that's so utterly missing the mark. Um, well, you can't tell where. <laughs> I, I think I can speak. Oh, I'll speak for myself. Not a fan of the film up front, uh, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> uh, well, when you say not a fan of the film up front, you mean before you went to see it? No, 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 no. Up front at the top of this uh, podcast, okay. saying not um, up front throughout <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I went into this thinking, you know, I'm giving it a chance. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. I came out of it thinking, meh. Uh, that was kind of my. I, I, I went in thinking, I'm gonna. Tr- this is like, please let it be good. I want it to be good, and 
Maybe. It was just eye rolls from the opening scene, <laughs> um, and then it was worse than I thought it was going to right. be. Right. Well, that that I might really be the difference. Then you went be. in hoping it would be good. I went in hoping it just wouldn't be shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like thinking, like, just give me like something to be excited about, or I just want to like, really take away from like, oh, that that sequence uh, that was really awesome. I like, wanted better I than that. Man of Steel. Is that was my benchmark, and I don't I don't know if it hit it. <laughs> I think parts of it were better than Man of Steel, and then it dragged. <laughs> oh, boy, did this movie drag. <laughs> okay, but before uh, we get into yes, that... Yeah, sorry. Who's in it? Who's in it? Uh, you you got... Um, everyone probably of, knows. One half of Benifer, uh The <laughs> yeah. former Benifer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just Ben now. Yes, ben Affleck. Mr. Bruce Affleck. Wayne, spoiler alert, Batman. <laughs> yes, he, he, he was the bomb in Phantom Show. So. Uh, yes, um... And you love him from your Kevin Smith films. Oh, yes. <laughs> of course. Uh, Henry Cavill, um, Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman. Mm-hmm. Amy Adams, of course, reprising her role as Lois. Yep. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, introduced as Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Diane Lane revisiting Martha Kent. Um, you also have, um, spoiler, of course, Kevin Costner popping up in there yep. for a minute or two. Lawrence Fishburne as Perry. Um Probably my most confu- the most confusing cast choice for me was Jeremy Irons as Alfred, uh, <laughs> even though I love me some Jeremy Irons. I'd say I didn't mind that. Uh, Holly Hunter as Senator Finch, completely useless character. How far uh, do you have to go down this to get to <laughs> Diana Prince here? What the uh, hell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, have, you, yeah. have you gone past her? <laughs> Lord Cohen as Martha Wayne, okay. What uh, the? Yeah, I don't... I'm no not... Gal Gadot there? Yeah, it goes through it's Jeremy Irons. Oh, uh, Gal Gadot. Sorry. Yes, as Diana Prince or um, an as, amazing lady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll keep that spoiler free. No. Yeah, no, which everyone else knows, knows because the trailer gives it away. Gives it away as, oh, speaking of trailers, did you like the 10 minute sequence of trailers in the middle of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not wait for like at the end and funny and like Marvel does. Let's just yeah. throw a trailer reel right in the middle of the film. Yeah. Which, and I don't know. With their emblems and everything. Yeah, Lex spent time coming up with their logos for this. Like, when? I, I, Why? I don't get it. Like, for instance, Aquaman and Cyborg, they have no official logos. Like, at least when you see them, the footage you have from them, they have no logos, there's nothing. And so he's come up with the logo for them. And also, The Flash, it's very obvious, the footage that he has it's basically the same as Quicksilver in the X-Men film he's just a kid dressed normally like so so he's come up with the exact logo that the Flash will have I, I mean obviously I understand what they're doing with this film and with that sequence Dawn of Justice yes. the Justice League I get the idea but it was so clunky and forced <laughs> in there it just left such a sour taste in my mouth just like Ugh. Yeah. like this isn't movie making this is just you Forcing in what you want to force in. Well, that, that's the thing. This f- entire film, it doesn't matter what happens in it. The whole film is made to build up the Justice League. Or to lay the groundwork for it. Yeah. And did so, as you said, very clunkily, shall we say. <laughs> it was uh, like, okay, these are the four other people you need to know about. Now let's have these two work it out. 
and we'll have some mention of a bad guy, which I'll get to a little later because it is uh, not yeah. obvious in the slightest. So, no, um, to, to anyone that is not to a deleted uh, scene, I believe. That's saying, to anyone that is yeah. not a comic book fan, yes, which plot, is a lot of people going it, to see this movie. Paul. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the plot makes no sense at the end because Lex points out that he knows that there is someone coming. Yes. The only way that you would know that he knows that is if you watch the release deleted scene yes. that mm-hmm. shows you an image of the guy that he's clearly communicating mm-hmm. with, but doesn't give any explanation as to who that guy is. Now, fair enough, you can do that. But to delete the pivotal scene that gives you the information that he gives the audience at the end... Otherwise, he's just still his annoying madman self at the end for yeah. 98% of the other the viewing audience. He's doing the exact same thing he did towards the beginning of the film, just doing the, the red capes are coming. Like, mm-hmm. it, that, it's that at the end, and you have no idea what he's referring to, with the exception of, again, if you know the comics... Yes. And you saw the dream sequence where Batman is in a post-apocalyptic world, otherwise known as oh, the Injustice storyline. Dog ear the dream sequences. We'll no, get yeah. back to those. Okay. And th- there is a symbol on the ground when he comes out of the cave. That is the symbol of the bad guy. Mm-hmm. His name, and I think I'm pronouncing this correctly, is Darkseed. D-A-R-K-S-E-I-D. <laughs> and yeah. that's the bad guy for the Justice League. He... He is one of the main bad guys for the yeah. Justice League, so that's fair enough that it would be mm-hmm. him. But you would have no way of knowing that unless you did what I did, which is look it up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was looking around and then just, oh, hey, a deleted scene. And <laughs> yeah, that completely hinges on the end of the film. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so no rewrites, just fuck them. Because, uh, like, I, like I'm saying, I think the vast majority of people aren't comic book fans. Yeah. They may be fans of superhero films or comic book movies but they don't know the mythology as well and which and and that's why Zack Snyder is turning into the Michael Bay of <laughs> superhero films or these kind of actiony visual films like 300 was perfect for him because it was a visual feast yeah. and a and simple story and you just had shiny pecs and violence and it was fun yeah. uh, I mean, so, some of the other films he's done he did Sucker Punch mm-hmm. which I heard somebody refer to as his masturbatory fantasy film like, yeah but I haven't seen it I mean, but I understand that's what it is he clearly doesn't understand the source material like everything bits and pieces like I'm not a big comic book fan but from what I well I'm nothing I guess I've just never got into them you know right. uh but from what I understand, he's, he just kind of pulled little bits of mythology here and there from different books and different storylines and just kind of threw them all together. Yeah. Um, like, why are you going to have... Oh, so sorry, one more for the cast. Tao Akamoto as Mercy Graves. Why are you going to have Mercy Graves... Why you even have her in the movie if you're just going to have her in it for, <laughs> sorry, spoiler, about 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no character development. No. She's just there. Could have yeah. been an interesting character to keep around, but no. Yeah. And, and to be fair, some films are very good at having a character that's only there for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You, you would love to see more, but the fact that they're not in it anymore is very poignant. It's able to drive the plot forward. Yeah. And, and no. The, well, really. the whole Holly Hunter storyline, as I mentioned, I think was completely useless. <laughs> um, you have Lex, so, you know, he's... he's 
supposedly getting this permission for this trade or embark or bring in the mineral or whatever. Yeah. He um, is at least trying... He's going to do it anyway. Yes, Paul. he's just trying to put the public face on it of attempting to go the mm-hmm. legal route. Yes, but he was going to do it anyway. Yeah. You don't need those he's scenes in it at all. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't understand why that was there. Um, there, yeah. there was a, a thing that I read a couple of days ago, which was you know things that still bother us about the mm-hmm. Batman v Superman, and one of them was why did Superman leave the engine in the ocean? Like, he knows <laughs> where it is. Why would he leave it there? Surely something <laughs> bad will come from it. Uh, you know, just for safety. <laughs> for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm sure nobody is going mm-hmm. to remember where this thing landed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, can we talk about Lex just a little more, um, and okay. more, more, uh, precisely Jesse Eisenberg, um, who's an actor I like, <laughs> yeah. the, this film is wrought with overacting, but no, mm-hmm. none more so than Lex, than Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> Lex Luthor. I could not stand his, his characterization of it. The, just... <laughs> mumbly <laughs> saying weird things like no one is donating money uh, to this insane person uh, when he gets up and makes speeches like that that are so innocuous and just bizarre yep <laughs> <laughs> I'm withdrawing my check sir like I'm canceling that check okay I have just, to say I could not stand him and then oh and then finally gets the sh- head shaved oh I like it <laughs> Um, no, I was not on board. I enjoyed the fact that he was trying a different take on it because Lex Luthor, for most iterations, has been identical. People have not mm-hmm. strayed from simple, bald mm-hmm. megalomania. That's basically been it. Yeah. So I enjoyed the fact that there was an attempt at a new one. As you say, very overacted. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind... More overacted than Kevin Spacey's, I thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is tough to do. <laughs> yeah. Overacted in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> now, I didn't mind the character. However, I did end up coming away feeling that it was as if he had taken Jim Carrey as the Riddler and Heath Ledger as the Joker and smashed them together to make his character. Which is, yeah. He's got the twitchy nervousness of the Riddler mm-hmm. and the tongue thing of the Joker. It, it, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's like a yeah, peanut butter and steak pie. Like <laughs> I like both of those things, but let's yeah. keep them yeah. where they're at. <laughs> uh, so I, I think my version of talking about him was... Um, a for effort, uh, about a D for the actual <laughs> execution. Execution. <laughs> oh my lord! Um, yeah, the. But yeah, I enough. <laughs> I I won't mind seeing him again, just because, like I said, it's different. I'm fine with it, it being a little different. So different. It was, I think, such a departure of what I. I mean, that character's supposed to be a megalomaniac. Mm-hmm. And, that is, and just. In control and diabolical, and yeah. I, I do think not though, just weird social anxiety, Lex. No, but <laughs> uh, I do think that the idea that they're going with is, yeah, he's just been running a business. The second he heard about Superman, he decided, like, yes. Yeah, no, so how does he know their secret identities are? Like, he's smart. And he's he has smart. Money. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh-huh. Superman does not look different to Clark Kent. No, but by that logic, everyone knows that he is <laughs> yeah. his secret identity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
you know, whatever. Uh, either that, or you just tapped Lois Lane's phone. Uh, like both both of those could give. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Lois is probably yeah, telling everybody. But I, um, I think what they were going with is his interaction with Superman and trying to stop him will turn him into the Lex that we know. Very mm-hmm. s- symbolically handled at the end of the film. But, <laughs> yes, it just made for me a very. Boring, which is a word that <laughs> should describe the entire film. Yeah. Just boring before, or I don't know, just too much setup and not enough. All right. Let's make this movie good. Batman Begins was an origin story and still managed to have amazing pacing, action sequences when they needed to come come along, and just plot driven throughout. Yeah, um, this was an entire setup. Just. In the entire set, but set up. <laughs> yeah, th- this is kind of like, and I'm trying to remember which film it is. I'm having trouble doing mm-hmm. so, but this is the equivalent of the Marvel film, which might have been Iron Man 2, which was basically just a throwaway because they're starting to lay the groundwork for mm-hmm. everything else. And like, I'm okay with there being a film that yeah. is laying the groundwork. However, being the first film that your new Batman's going to be in, should not be that one. <laughs> no, yeah, this was just way too much pouring the cement for the foundation of the house and not actually describing the what the house is going to be. Uh, now, yeah. what did you think about the fact that they did an origin story without doing an origin story in this? Because uh, it was his dreams. So they um, were a little different. Can we get to the... All right, first I want to address the um, answer part of that by saying in the beginning of this film, like I said, eyes rolled immediately. Do we need to see... Is there anyone that's unfamiliar with why, <laughs> what Batman's motivations are at this point? Nope. Uh, <laughs> that's coming into it like, oh, that's why he has the chip on his shoulder and is a, a psychotic killer in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, the parents' death again, again. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the only... And they change it. They did. He attacks the guy. It's not, not a victim of a crime. He, he attacks the guy. Yeah. Okay. This so they're completely changing a huge this, fundamental this in is, Batman's motivation. This is the point where you start getting into really gray areas because, I mean, first and foremost, it wasn't in an alley. That was just stupid. Yeah, it was to right not out do front that. on the marquee. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And the only saving grace for the whole thing was that visually good to look at. Oh, I got to saw it in three yeah. D. We'll get to, yeah, but okay. the uh, only yeah. use of that pretty much. Okay, so. There's that. Now, depending on which storyline you go down, that they're, they're all fairly similar. Just there was a reason why the man that killed Martha and oh, I'm blanking on the father's name, uh, uh, <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> there is a reason why that guy killed them, and it could be that he was set up by one of the crime bosses to kill them, or there's like things of. He, it was genuinely a robbery gone wrong or things like that. So, depending on which one he was saying, okay, this is definitively it, he could have legitimately been going there to kill them. However, it has always been framed as a robbery gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was not how this was portrayed no, at all. They, that's what I said. They changed the fundamental <laughs> plot point there that is what drives Bruce to become Batman. Mm-hmm. Now you switch it to where he it's not just a completely victimless crime. And <laughs> to some degree, they brought about their own circumstances there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now maybe that's why they're saying now Batman can kill or something. Cause I suppose. 
And I saw another thing that said this Batman, even though he kills, he technically only kills indirectly because he doesn't um, he doesn't throw a grenade at somebody, but if they're about to throw a grenade, he might stick the grenade to their hand so that they blow well, the Well, he, he kills quite directly in the Batmobile. Oh, yes, and he does. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you're, just because you're in a car that has machine gun turrets on it now, <laughs> yeah. uh, for some reason, um, uh, those are still killing yeah. people. Well, the Batmobile I mean, has always had guns, but, but it's been used to clear away debris. Yes, and, yes it has. You know, non-violent, <laughs> yeah, uh, or non-lethal forms of of that. Know, <laughs> yeah, of executing your your desires there. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, so the fact that he can just mow people down in his Batmobile, <laughs> no, and then Superman killing people. Like, shoving a guy through walls, that guy's dead. Um, I mean... Oh, uh, well, that's because he was holding... Well, the whole Man of Steel <laughs> battle, he killed millions of people, him and Zod, yeah. flying through those Again, buildings. Again, that one was indirectly, but even so, he's super... So even so, figured it out. to take that shit over the Indian Ocean and fight it out. <laughs> yeah. now, now, speaking of... Um, did you notice... The number of times in the film someone said, Thank God that place is abandoned. Like, otherwise there would be a lot of casualties here. <laughs> like, there weren't already a lot of casualties in this movie. Yeah, yeah. like, you needed to placate us there, with that There were shit. three or four news broadcasts about the fights mm-hmm. that were going on saying, Luckily, this is taking place at night. All the workers have gone home. It's mm-hmm. like, um, okay, thanks for telling thanks. me that. <laughs> I was really worried about those hypothetical people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you're if you're just going to have disregard for human life, just go all out. That's yeah. right. You're drawing attention to the fact that we, we heard what you said about Man of Steel. So mm-hmm. here, here you go. And speaking of news, guys, can I say probably favorite part of the film for me, Neil deGrasse Tyson's interview. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the shining light, as it were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, I, Tim and Guy. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> that did just kind of come out of nowhere. I'm just sitting in yeah. the middle, just watching it. Like, well, okay, I love it because Neil deGrasse Tyson because he, he's someone that's you know very that takes these movies as a chance to kind of educate people on science accuracy yeah. after them so for him to just be take part in a bullshit <laughs> science story you know I yeah. really enjoyed that um, I, but, I'd have liked it if he'd have come on just being like we're, we're talking about a man that can fly like how is he doing this and then they just yes. cut away how is he like, propul- <laughs> yes what is his form of, what is his means of propulsion uh, yeah how does he stand there without accelerating or yeah any means yeah uh, yeah, that would have been great. Um, so, yes, you touched briefly on the dream sequences. Because yeah. we need dream sequences in our comic book movies because they aren't amazing and godly enough. We yeah. need to go into the imaginary, even more imaginary world of dreams. Yeah. Now, uh, the problem, like, the biggest problem I had with the dream sequence is that... Oh, the back-to-back dream sequences. Probably. Oh, yeah. The back-to-back. Well, the, the, the Inception dream sequence is yes. the one you're referring to mm-hmm. there. Uh, I mean, the first yes. one I was pseudo-okay with because... And that was when he revisits the grave? Is that... Uh, well, the, the, the first one was basically the beginning of the film, uh, kind of, where, uh, okay, he's, so where yeah. he, he's at the funeral, he runs away, mm-hmm. you see the bat, and then he's lifted up off the ground. I was mm-hmm. kind of enjoying that because while I was sitting through the origin story that isn't an origin story, no. where I was like, all right, this... All of this is exactly the same. We've seen this. We've seen this about 50 times at this point. Oh, he's flying. Uh, okay. Oh, it was a dream. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, I can buy that. And then they did the next one, which was about six minutes of mm-hmm. a post-apocalyptic world, which, if you follow the comics, 
and or video games is the Injustice storyline where Superman is made, sort of, to kill Lois Lane by the Joker, which causes him to kill the Joker, go insane, and become a dictator that rules the entire world. So that storyline is what his dream is about, and obviously he's dreaming about that because he hates Superman. For no reason, he just hates Superman. And so it's become prosthetic, though, because he sees the the logo of the bad guy, and then when he wakes up, and I'm using inverted commas for that one, mm-hmm. the Flash turns up in front of him saying that he's right, and that Lois Lane is the key, and that Superman is going to turn evil, which again is still part of the Injustice storyline, and then he wakes up again, mm-hmm. and the papers flush around, so Flash did turn up. But didn't. Right, but didn't. <laughs> I mean, the Flash does have time travel capability because he can go faster than the speed of light, which means that he can break that barrier. He can go through time. He can't always control it, but he can do it. And yet, he broke the dream barrier as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little, little confusing, a little muddled, and I just, I couldn't believe they pulled that. Just like. <laughs> Such a long sequence of just oh nope that wasn't real just yeah just Batman with an assault rifle <laughs> just cutting people down yep. and, and everyone's then, like what the fuck is happening I wrote down in my notes because I take notes during the film <laughs> uh, what the fuck I, <laughs> I said Batman with assault rifle W two F W two F with three question marks yep. <laughs> and yeah yeah um, this Batman I kind of like the idea of a Batman that is willing to kill. I'm, I don't. I don't I, I'm, o- I'm okay with that just because of the amount of stuff that happens to Batman. The idea is mm. that no matter how good you are, there is like the possibility of being worn down. Batman is always supposed to be the best detective ever. Yeah. And technically, in this film, Lex Luthor was the best detective ever. And yet, there's nothing that says that Batman cannot, given the right circumstances, sort of break his code. He shouldn't. But, given the right circumstances, he should. And they showed one of the things that could lead to that in the film without telling you what it was, and I want to see that film instead. Which is, I don't know if you noticed, when he's in the Batcave at one point, you see a suit which has ha-ha the jokes on you. Oh, yeah. That Uh is the Robin suit, and he Mm. is holding the crowbar which kills Robin. Joker killed him with a crowbar in one of the... Uh, stories from so this, yeah. This film just feels like a ton of Easter eggs just for the two percent. Yeah, that, <laughs> that know the history. And I think, and but I, still, no good movie. Or no, good story I want to see that. I, I yeah. didn't. I kind of didn't want to see this film, especially. Oh, I and, definitely didn't want to. <laughs> and and I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit here, but especially with how much they built up the fact that Wonder Woman was in the film. And then you only had her at the end fight scene, mm-hmm. which, fair enough, if you're going to try and have a little bit of, like, aha, here's this character that is as strong, basically, as Superman, Yeah, bring that character in towards the end in the big fight. Or develop her character a little bit before you get to that point so yeah. that you can actually root for her and give a shit. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she has, what, like two scenes before then? Yep. I mean, I'm not expecting an exact replication of the little love story that we had in Dark Knight Rises, right. but something along those lines. Batman is, I mean, Bruce, uh, 
<laughs> rather, is plays the role of a playboy. It is. That is his cover, essentially. Um, <laughs> a rich playboy. So, yeah. where was that? I, I'm not saying I need to see them get together and shag, no. but... <laughs> well, no, remember there was one scene where he woke up in bed next to someone. Oh, oh yes, yes, I didn't remember. Oh, look, strange random girl yeah. from the night before. Okay, I got it. Alright. Yeah, and that, that, yeah, I noticed that. And, that and was I it. didn't care. No. But that, that was it. You saw her in the bed, and then she just went home, I guess. Like, you, you never saw her after that. <laughs> the Alfred driver home? Um, yeah. yeah. From, from the random glass box he was in. Like, what building was that? It's just a glass box over a lake. There's so many things I don't care to overanalyze <laughs> in this film. Um, yeah, but, but, but yeah, so Diana Prince. Yeah. Possibly one of the best superheroes that exists in this world. Yeah. And you just have her... Cap- now, this is me possibly reading a bit too much into it, but she wouldn't leave. Like, with knowing everything that was going on, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have left. Like, she wouldn't have been on the plane and then changed her mind. Like, yeah. everything that was going on, she would have been either investigating it or at least wanting to stick around. Yes, yeah. what bigger potential <laughs> story or situation do you think you could have helped out in that you're like, eh, this one doesn't sound important enough, I better go see what's going on in the rest yeah. of the world. And, and when she turns up as Wonder Woman, she has more character in her, let's say, four minutes of screen time than anyone else in this film. Like she's very clearly, you get, she loves fighting. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Although, mm-hmm. as my wife pointed out, you didn't need every single time she got hit for her to go flying backwards, do the skidding to a halt, look up and smile, and then go. And then flying yeah. backwards, skidding to a halt, look up and smile, and then go. Well, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, all right, we get it. Now, uh, one of those was her just being hit and then, oh no, sword went that way. Whatever the other thing was, went that way. Like, okay, fair enough. But yeah, it was a little too much of like, Wonder Woman, let's go. Wonder Woman yeah. again. I mean, we got to see the lasso, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was happy to see the lasso. But, but <laughs> a bit of an odd use of it. The yes. lasso of truth. The lasso of truth used as a just lasso. Yeah. Giant magical lasso. I mean, fair <laughs> enough. It is indestructible. So, possibly the best thing to hold him if you're strong enough to the, hold the him. The cave troll you're referring to that yes. escaped from the Lord of the Rings universe. Yes. <laughs> and I will fight anyone that says that is not... They did not use the CGI mock-up of a cave troll. Oh, uh, That he looks exactly like a fucking cave troll. You I mean, wrote down, look, they have a cave troll. <laughs> Which was Bormir's line. Yeah, yeah. Fellowship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I'm assuming you are referring to just before he turns into proper doomsday. Yeah. But, but yes, when he's yes emerging from the muck or whatever. Like in Urukai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh-huh. This was... Possibly, and I'm open to be corrected on this, the most annoying use of one of the best villains Superman has. Doomsday kills Superman at least once, if not several <laughs> other times in the storyline, because he is able to. He, <laughs> he is one of the only entities that is capable of killing Superman and they reduce him to a totally mindless killing machine that mm-hmm. only wants to kill Superman. Not Lex. Not anyone else. He's fighting everyone else. Yeah. But he doesn't seem to care. He specifically wants to kill Superman. 
and I can only assume that they're saying that's the Zod part (laughs) I guess (laughs) it's supposed to be he's not even supposed to be reborn he's just a genetic experiment Mm -hmm. (laughs) using that as a host yeah or whatever but yeah, and uh, uh, I, I don't know. It. I don't know if people know uh, his rough backstory. Again, this might have been changed given any reboots or stuff done to the series. He came about because there was a scientist that wanted to study evolution and create the most evolutionary perfect being. So he created new life, sent it down to a planet where it died. He took that recreated life, sent it down to the planet where it died, and kept doing that over and over until it didn't die, but then something ate it. So he then kept going over and over and over until it didn't die, and it wasn't eaten by something, by which point it had turned mental, because every single death it remembers. So it now hates all life, and just wants to kill everything, and he leads to the big bad guy from the Justice League film, being the way he is and then when he gets to earth superman fights him because that's what superman does and that creates a rivalry not hmm i'm gonna make you sick him <laughs> yes you're my yeah you're my underling go get him yeah, yeah. It, it i i don't <laughs> again uh. it's just it, totally underused and apparently easily gotten rid of but what did they do afterwards? Like, did you see? Did they say anything about what they did with the body? I uh, don't know. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> That's how little I want to yeah. think I mean, about I it. I mean, in the comics, when he's dead, he is strapped to a rock and thrown into space, and then you see him alive, chained to this rock. Like he comes back, just like someone else. Mm, yay! yay. <laughs> I mean, I went into this film talking to my wife, and she says. I just hope that both of them die. And that Wonder Woman's the only one left. And then I said, only one of them could possibly die because he can come back. Mm-hmm. Guess who died? Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and also, I don't know if you remember, but Superman gets his regenerative powers and strong ability and stuff mm-hmm. from sunlight. So they put him in a coffin. In the Who, who's in the other <laughs> coffin that they're having at? Or were, the, or were those two separate events that were... Cut I, together. I have no idea, but I believe because they, they probably, have these quote unquote like military funeral. I can only assume that was a symbolic one. Coffin. Like, uh-huh. Although, but no. then isn't his identity out when that body is released? To nope. Nope. how do they get the body? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. But nope. no one knows that. <laughs> no, I, like, I. I mean, I can only assume that Batman. Who, who, who was at Clark's funeral? How was? How did that go down? <laughs> I think that that was the thing. They. They very cleverly dealt with that by having the military funeral, and then you saw a byline in the newspaper mm-hmm. saying, Reporter Clark Kent was killed covering the fight. Yes, <laughs> and was uh, missing from his job for about a week prior to yep. that. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have but, had that but job. But you still know he was on assignment there. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, he wouldn't have had that job at that point. Like, I don't care how forgiving Perry is. Like, if you go missing for a week, you've lost your job. <laughs> yeah, without a call, without any sort of explanation. Yeah. Like, hey, I really got a good excuse, but I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, you just got to trust me here. Yeah, no, no sports coverage. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, did, uh, did that... Did that copy of the newspaper go out without a sports coverage that month? Or that day maybe or so. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Can I switch gears a little? Because I think you'll have something to add on this. Okay. Um, how do you feel? Do you think there was maybe a little lacking in the Christ and religious symbology? Or or do you think quite um, the opposite? <laughs> well, you know, I have to say I didn't even notice it. Didn't really even notice it. Just flew right under the radar, did it? <laughs> it was uh, so subtle. Well, my, and not beaten over the head at all. My problem is I'm so fed up with the fact that Superman has always been lumped together with the Christ figure that I just kind of turn my brain off to that now. It's just mm-hmm. like, fine, he's Jesus. Let's move on. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But even He's with flying like the, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> even with the Lex painting, the painting in his little dad den, and yeah. all of the stuff. I mean, there's too many things to even name. But uh, I, I'll be honest, I kind of enjoyed the conversation about the painting. Like that, that was mm-hmm. an interesting thing because, you know, fair enough, everything is coming from outer space to kill them now. So that actually mm-hmm. does work. It's a nice. It's a yeah. nice painting. I like the painting. <laughs> you know, a little spooky for, for me to have but around, but if you got a, you know, uh, you know, a dad lair, then go go for it. It's there, perfect yeah. for that room. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, I kind of said when, I thought when he was saying that, there's one thing I, I would change, and then I thought he was going to throw the glass at something, shattering uh-huh. something, and then like that. Oh, that's him showing the rage or something. Oh, I, no, yeah. no, that didn't happen. No, actually shows some, like, emotion that's not... Yeah, insanity. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to ask you about was, how are they just totally mucking the geography of the DC Universe right now? Um, <laughs> so now Metropolis is across the bay, or vice versa, from Gotham? I uh, don't know. They, they never officially <laughs> Nice of you to make it across the bay, is the, what he says, or something like that. Yes, uh, but to be fair... How big is the bay? <laughs> yeah, because people would say to me that I'm from across the pond. It's a big fucking pond. But that's not, that is a common phrase. Across the bay is not a common No, I know it is not. not I, common, I'm willing to... Uh, idiom. I, I do think that, uh, especially given that, talking about the, the Arrow and the Flash mm-hmm. TV show now, those places give you a definitive thing by saying like this is a long train journey to get mm-hmm. there and fair enough. And this one they say that and they have one person either arriving in Gotham or leaving Gotham or arriving mm-hmm. in Metropolis or leaving but none of the actual journey. So mm-hmm. they could just be saying like okay, so this is just how they refer to it when they're talking about oh you came across the bay to this thing. That could just be how they're referring to it. But we're not going to tell you exactly where it is. We're not going to give you any sense of time. We're just going to no. say, like, uh, well, obviously lots of people go from Gotham to Metropolis. That just Those are the cities in this world. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just blackness around them. You get It's like a video game when you get to the wall and you just yeah. can't walk any further. <laughs> yeah, like, hey. <laughs> you have not explored this area yet. <laughs> ah, shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. I've got to find the door. It's somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Like even if they're in any sort of close proximity, Superman would not stand for the corruption that is Gotham. Um, yes, and no. you know, I mean, like, for some reason I don't know why they do normally just have Superman confined to Metropolis if there's anything going on in Metropolis. Like that's he, yeah. He might go around the world averting some disaster. Metropolis but, or space? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when Justice League turns up, then it's space. But uh, yeah, yeah. they. they 
I guess you know they just didn't want Superman to be turning up in every single DC comic saying, "Well, I solved this for you." There you go, he's over there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I have, I know uh, you you're lacking on the visual notes, but do you have more bullet points you want to hit? Because I do, but I don't want to dominate. <laughs> um, well, anything. Well, I mean, I was thinking about the visual style of this film, and I have to say, I enjoy Zack Snyder's visuals. The problem is that this entire film is so lackluster in everything else that... The film is slow enough, sorry, but we don't need an exorbitant amount of slow motion. (laughs) The movie's moving slow enough, but sorry, yes, go ahead. No, it's it's just like, this film is one of those few films that seem to think that people are willing to go along with the plot so they could just focus on the visuals, but in this case, the plot was just so not there that even with the visuals I wasn't focusing on it that much like it was just mm-hmm. some of it looked nice I'll grant you I thought the CG looked kind of so-so average d- depending on the scene yeah now yeah. and I will point out that one thing that I hate is that they announced that they were filming an R-rated version and releasing a PT-13 don't tell me that. I don't want to know that there's mm-hmm. another version of this that I might be watching that could be better. For, number, I certainly wouldn't think it could be worse. Well, number one, <laughs> if it's an R-rated film, yeah. then maybe the bullet would do to Martha what it should have done, being pointed at her head. She should have had mm. her head blown off. Well, <laughs> so, uh, as much as I dislike the PG-13 rating, I think this it should have been a PG-13 film. No, I'm, um, I'm willing to go with so that. So, I don't know, I, I'm... Especially I, if I you're building up a decision, universe. decision, I don't know, to have an R rating would predate Deadpool, I would think. It, I but, think what happened was that they realized that because Deadpool would be made and it was mm-hmm. going to be an R rated, that they could at the very least release a different See, cut later. And that, that is exactly why the business side of movie making fucks everything up. <laughs> it's because they don't get it. Um, just because you have one successful, just Gladiator wasn't. I know, despite your feelings on the film as well, Gladiator wasn't a success because it was a sword and sandal movie. (laughs) It had a excellent director and it had a, for most people, compelling story (laughs) and well acted. Yep. But then you got Troy and you know Alexander the Great and (laughs) Gods of Heaven or Kingdom of Heaven or whatever. You know, all in a slew. So Deadpool is a smash hit. And that character needs to be R-rated. That is the inherent nature of that character, is to be filthy and inappropriate. But let's make all of our superhero movies R now, because that's clearly why Deadpool worked. (laughs) I I will give them the benefit of the doubt and say that there are some of the comic book storylines that, if if directly translated... Would be at the very least uh, NC seventeen, I guess. Like um, for the for those of you that are unaware of how the American rating systems work, <laughs> let's go with the UK one. So it would be at the very least a fifteen, if not the eighteen. So the eighteen being the R rating equivalent. Yeah. So it it's that thing where and and again, what I don't understand at all is that over here an R-rated film, you can take an eight-year-old to see an R-rated film. And, as I mentioned in the Deadpool mm-hmm. episode, people did. <laughs> and, like, oh, so Jesus. this could have been released as an R-rated film. And I doubt they would have, like, suffered any real losses to the box office. People would still have taken their kids to see Oh, it. yes. Um, right. And what a lovely transition. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, if, you, if you need to go on. I, I, uh, I, I can I pause right there. That's kind of fun. Okay. Uh, and speaking of kids in the theater... Uh... <laughs> 
Let me go on a, a, a brief, I feel, overdue rant on, the on some theater etiquette. And now it's time for Brian's Cinema Etiquette Lesson. I went to Marcus, which is a theater Paul and I both like. They have the oh, really yeah. comfy recliners. Oh, yes. Um, so free shout-out plug to Marcus Crosswoods. We love you. Um, <laughs> you don't always love your patrons. <laughs> Speaking for myself. Um, so, of course, I, 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 had a fan, I have a Fandango gift card. That's, that's kind of how I use it, just so I can, you know, I buy those, and then I can just order my tickets through yep. the Fandango app or whatever, and they're ready to go. It's reserved seating with these loungers. Mm-hmm. So you have your seat. You know that's where you're supposed to sit. And, I, I mean, this isn't the situation, but multiple times I've had people in my seat, and I'm just like, whatever, that's fine. I'll just grab a different seat. Yeah. Um, so I'm walking down the aisle to my seat. I walk past like, about six or seven of the first seats are completely empty, and I'm getting into the film as, like, the last trailer is ending. Like, I thought I had a few more minutes, but I just got it in right. time. Like, normally you can count on about 20 minutes. It was about 10 minutes or so, like, in after the start time. So wow. I'm like, okay. Uh, so the my seat is right next to a very young boy, and then his looks like his dad, and then other people, whatever. Okay. Um, so I'm like, okay, my seat is right next to the boy. I'm like, well, I... Guess I should sit here now instead of sitting one over and, and then be forced to move in five minutes from now when that person comes in. Yeah. Uh, so I sat down there, and then the movie started. <laughs> and so now I'm left with the decision: uh, you know, do I get up now and then like block people's view momentarily? But this kid, oh my god! Okay, first of all, if you're bringing your kid to the theater, this kid was like six. Uh, he was okay. bored out of his goddamn mind, probably more bored than I was, which is saying a lot. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and right. He was like sleeping for part of it. Uh, he was like he could lay down fully in the chair, you know, like completely lay down. Yeah. His head was on my fucking armrest. <laughs> <laughs> um, multiple times, his feet went over onto my footstool and kicked my feet. So um, he was like a C shape. <laughs> yeah, he was curled up, like facing me, clearly. Huh. And so, yes, like I was saying, if you bring your kid, you take the one on the edge. You sit next to the strange, weird man that's going to the movie by himself. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm throwing myself out there for that. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm going to the movie. You know, don't let your kid sit by. Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm you know not a weirdo, but yeah. still, like that's. For me, at that age, I'd be well, uncomfortable just sitting next to a stranger for two and a half hours. Well, and even, let's say, that the people on the other side weren't with them. Mm-hmm. But if you know that it he sleeps like, on yeah, his right-hand side, yeah. you go on his right so that he'll curl into you, not someone yes. else. <laughs> exactly. Precisely. Uh, yeah, so he just multiple times getting my feet kicked um, <laughs> with him, like, breathing on me. Uh, so I'm like, okay, so... The situation happened, like, so what do I do? Do I get up? Like, the situation would benefit us both if I moved. You just roll over. Like, like, you know, because these seats, uh, spoiler alert for this seating situation, stayed empty the whole movie. But they showed, like, they were sold out when I looked online. So I'm confused as to that. If they just, if that's all fake, (laughs) if they're lying about those numbers. Maybe maybe opening weekend they prefer you to go to the actual kiosk. Like just, just I don't know, so that, that whole row was showing and sold out, and no one sat in those. Um, maybe the word got out, then they got the money back before they <laughs> went to, But, I'm sorry, this is a very long theater minute, <laughs> etiquette minute, but, uh, yeah, so I was like, do I get up now? Because then it's, the situation will benefit us both if I move. I will get a little breathing room, he can do whatever he needs to do, and have his own area. 
and uh, but I'm like, then it's gonna seem like I'm being rude, like like I'm leaving in a huff or something, like <laughs> Ugh, you know, getting up. Uh, so I just sat there <laughs> uncomfortably for two and a half hours, like I was in, a, in the middle seat of an airplane, <laughs> just with my yeah, arms in as close as possible. Um, not a felt fellow, so difficult for me to do, <laughs> and just. Uh, and then he, I mean, he talked, uh, not a lot, but, I mean, I've just certainly heard adults talk more, but he talked yeah. enough that it was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that was Brian's Cinema Etiquette Lesson. I mean, and then I'm sitting there with these tiny 3D glasses over my, top of my own that I have to, like, hold in place. Yeah. <laughs> 3D was completely useless in this film, other than the amazing pearls flying out at me. And one other thing, which, total bullshit on 3D... Um, there was a point, there was like sun glare, um, that was 3D. How can you have three-dimensional light? <laughs> <laughs> so, that, you're just fucking with me there. Yeah. Like, okay, let's just make the sun glare pop off into the, into the audience. Um, hmm. yeah. That, that, yeah. That was just so perplexing to me. Like, you could have had so many cooler <laughs> things come out and like, oh, there's a little... JJ Abrams Sunflare or something. Yeah. Well, we, we have reached peak lens flare now, I think. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is just a little sun glare. It wasn't like a lens flare. It was just a little pop of yellow and orange uh, bright light. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> to be, what, what the fuck does WTF mean? <laughs> um, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I might have a, a, a possible solution should your problem ever pop up again get up and pretend you're going to the toilet but just stand like mm-hmm. off to the, the side uh-huh. down the step so that you can still see the screen uh-huh. and then when you come, come back, back in about three minutes so it that seems is like excellent i'm really di- really disappointed in myself that that didn't occur to me um, <laughs> i'm really disappointed it didn't occur to me to just leave <laughs> right. but hey you had homework to do it's not I, always good exactly yeah not always the the dream assignment um <laughs> all right I, now, I do, yes go ahead i, I was just gonna things. say i i think we need to try and start wrapping this up because we did receive a long audio okay. clip from someone mm-hmm. but uh I know you had a couple more left. Just, there, so. I will try to blow through these notes real quickly. Then, how old is everyone supposed to be in this universe? <laughs> uh, because you're starting Batman out, you're starting the Justice League out when Batman is now a grizzled veteran, essentially. Yeah, I would um, say it seems as though it's supposed to be twenty years after he started. He's which in his forties. That's the thing. He was kind of mid twenties when he started, <laughs> so he must be mid forties now. And we're just getting the Justice League going. Yeah, I mean, and kind of fair enough because but, uh, he, I think he, in the universe, doesn't really retire until he is like quite old. Like mm-hmm. he, he can no longer actually do what yeah. he's trying. So, to do. and I think there was a very, and I'm going to use the word again, clunky line that maybe tried to placate that a little bit, where Clark, at the benefit, calls him son. What yeah. adult male calls another adult male son uh. without being a condescending <laughs> ass? <laughs> I mean, and he does it just kind of nonchalant, like, son. Yeah. No one speaks to another adult that way. Uh, so are they trying to denote that he's much younger uh, with that line? That's kind of the impression I was getting, but... I don't know. I don't, and then uh, the other thing, uh, age-wise, is um, Alfred, <laughs> who appears to be about... 
five years older than Bruce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe ten. Um, but I love Jeremy Irons, and I did like his line readings, but I don't think there was much for him to do in this, not no. like many other characters. And since when did... Here's another thing where they delved... Sometimes change is good, like like when you're taking source material and changing it. And yeah. I, I think the Dark Knight trilogy did a good job of that. By sta- they stayed true for the most part to the canon and origin story as best they could. Yeah. Um, while still making really, I think, exciting, adventurous, fun movies. Um, by you know putting his own little Nolan putting his own little tweak on things. So, but to change it so fundamentally as with the killing of Bruce's parents and then. Um, with Alfred, he is supposed to be his father in essence because he didn't get a father. You know, yeah. he lost his father. He is his father figure, role model, not his smarmy mechanic. No, he, he who would fixes be, shit all the time for Bruce. He would be at the very, very youngest, late sixties. Like if he was the proper age for Alfred. Yeah, if we're saying Bruce is at the youngest 40. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I would put him at 45. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it has but, to be mid-40s. Which so, means... well, yeah, how young was this caretaker when... <laughs> yeah. Because that, that's the thing. He, he must have been in his 20s and early 20s mm-hmm. when Bruce was... How old were they when his parents were killed? Mm-hmm. Like eight? Like, yeah. So, and he, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's... And uh, from what I understand, Alfred had led a life before that even happened. Like, had been, you know, at some sort of military training. Right. Yeah, or, he, you know, he's, um, he, he's a man of the world, not just someone that, hey, I'm going to grow up and be a butler well, <laughs> someday. Yeah, I, I think the idea is that when... Bruce's parent died. Alfred is already in his like fifties. Like, yeah. <laughs> the Alfred in the like in the original films, in the original comics, in the original TV shows, mm-hmm. and all of that. Like Alfred is old. <laughs> he yes. is. He's like, oh, he's not going to be around much longer than five years. <laughs> this is. So yeah, I, I I understand trying to mix it up a bit, yeah. but it doesn't work for me. <laughs> I don't know. You said you didn't mind Alfred as much. I I enjoyed but... the take on him, but. Like if you actually do delve into it as we are now, like yeah. you know, it, it does not make sense. But yeah, you know, whatever. I I can only assume they're going for an actor that can be around for the next like ten years while they have cameos in other films and are in the Justice League <laughs> and like they're, they're trying not to end up with another Dumbledore scenario where they had to replace Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then uh, can I just add on what I thought was the worst line in the film? Um, and okay. that's, that's, I mean, there are contenders. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I'm paraphrasing, and I'm not going to get this one, uh, 100% right, but uh-huh. um, Bruce says at one point, if there's even a 1% chance of, like, Superman yeah. ending the world, then we have to take it as an absolute certainty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh? <laughs> How? Did he pass any math classes <laughs> ever? Yeah, yeah I, I think he... <laughs> 1%. Equates absolute certainty is yeah. what he's saying. No, I I believe the yes, idea is justify most, this. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be able to justify it. I'm just trying to do the devil's advocate role here. Okay. I believe that the idea here is obviously he's supposed to be absolutely paranoid and just hates Superman. Mm-hmm. Yes, Batman is always wary of Superman, but he's never hated Superman. Mm-hmm. And the idea being that let's say there was a machine and you press a button. 
and you press it every month. Mm-hmm. And every time you press it, there is a 1% chance that when you press it, the Earth will blow up. Mm-hmm. But there is a 99% chance that whoever's just died will come back to life. Right? So mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, you know, 99% chance that the last 10 people that died will come back to life. I, I'd say we need to run the risk of doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you do realize that one in a hundred times the earth will explode. Like, this is like <laughs> this machine does it. that. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so, his idea being that the fact that this machine exists that can blow up the earth and nobody cares, like, everyone's like, Oh, look at all the good it's doing. It's like it can do immense evil. Yeah. Like, that's the route he's taking. However, he but isn't quite certainty. Yeah, he isn't taking it that way. <laughs> Which means he's not being Batman. <laughs> he's just no. being paranoid. And Yeah, he's just being Trump. <laughs> Sorry to get political, but... Trump is Trump. There's yes, no... but I mean, he's just using that language for his own agenda. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we need to wrap it up, but we didn't even get to the fight scene, if you want to call it that. Yeah, um, I, but uh, yeah, I know. There, well, there's plenty that we didn't get to. Uh, but. There is one thing I do want to mention then before we uh, we really do wrap it up so that we can get that uh, audio file in. But why did Superman need to be the one to put the spear into uh, Doomsday? Oh, and... yes. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, breaking <laughs> Kryptonite rules again, like Man of Steel. Like uh, He couldn't be near it, and he was... Falling right. over, but he can fly with it for a minute, yeah, <laughs> and but, not be affected. Right, well, there's like that. when he tries really hard, Kryptonite yes. doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah. if he's if he's fighting with all his being. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm just feeling lazy, oh shit, yeah. that stuff sucks. Yeah, but I mean, like thinking about it, is there someone on the battlefield that isn't affected by Kryptonite that can fly? That's really strong. Hmm. I mean, like, is it, I is mean, there someone that falls into that? Yes. Like, Batman, yes, oh wait, Batman doesn't. Uh, no, yes. Just in dreams. Um, yes. They need to go to sleep so Batman can fly it. <laughs> All of Freddy Krueger yeah. <laughs> and kill him. <laughs> That's what they should have done. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, we we just figured we it out. We fixed the your fl- movie, Zack Snyder. You're the f- welcome. The Flash is Freddy Krueger. There we go. <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, Wonder Woman could have done that. Yeah, they they needed him to die. Like Wonder Woman could very easily have gone. Yoink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. she she might have been killed, but she would have done it. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> what superheroes do. They're willing to sacrifice for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, since she wouldn't have been weakened, she would have been more able to do it. Yes. Or very uh, easily a diversion with <laughs> Superman and have her, you know, stab him from... Behind or whatever, yeah. climb up him on onto him like Legolas and <laughs> stab him in the neck, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, but, uh, <sighs> all right, we're tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're tired. We've been talking about it for too long. So, yep. all right, let's get into ratings real quick. Then, uh, how about I'll go first sure. this time. Please. And I know for a fact that my rating is going to be a little higher than yours. It's not going to be high, but it's going to be a little higher than yours. Mm-hmm. So yes, we there's plot holes galore. Uh, I don't have too much of an issue with most of the acting because they're doing all right. I mean, nothing against Henry Cavill, but he's a little bland. But then again, so is Superman. Ben Affleck was actually all right as an older Batman. The script let him down, but he was all right as an older Batman. As I said, I enjoyed trying to do something new with 
Lex Luthor might not have worked but I mean, no, whatever yeah. give it a go do anything you can to save the film the visuals were alright but everything else was very lacklustre I and I couldn't find any real editing problems with it so I'm just going to go with a minus five just meh <laughs> <there. laughs> and, and again very, very briefly yeah. just to explain the rating system which we need to do at the beginning of everything yes, one of these. <laughs> zero is a perfect film and then we start taking away points for any little niggles it starts off like minus 0.1 0.2 and then once we get to 0.5 we're just like screw it minus 1 minus 2 minus 2.5 right and yeah this is very middle of the road which for a epic superhero film is bad like yeah Um, we're approaching fantastic four levels (laughs) yeah and i can't recall what i gave that but i know it was not glowing it wasn't great and i will say this didn't botch it as bad as fantastic four but it was still (laughs) bad to just end up when yeah uh so yeah you'd say minus five just middle of the road okay yeah um well you are accurate (laughs) in your uh, prediction um so not that this is a compliment but um ben affleck is now my not counting the adam west uh movie um not because i don't know many people count that one but would now be my third favorite batman <laughs> okay <laughs> so well, let, let me try and guess this uh yeah. i can only assume christian bell is uh, number one yeah okay uh-huh. so number two is not going to be george clooney so i can only assume it's keaton <laughs> keaton yes and then yes so he did a better job than kilmer and clooney <laughs> which i said isn't saying quite a lot no, yeah. but i i also think he didn't get enough to do um now so I mean, I I liked him en- enough. I like Ben Affleck for the most part, other than when he's doing movies like Paycheck for a paycheck. Uh, <laughs> but very I, 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 yes, but I, I do like his directing, and I, I generally like him. And I was hoping he would be great. Well, he uh, wasn't just, directing or writing this. No, so. no, he had no. Yeah, he just had to do what he was given. Yeah, and there was just no compassion or heart for the character for me. Yeah. Uh, he was just following the motions of what Batman does. Um, so, yeah, he was all right. Um, it was overacted throughout, <laughs> mostly by Jesse Eisenberg, but mm. I felt there was so much overacting in it. Uh, and then just uh, the pacing was so slow. <laughs> when are they... Go- when is DC... I want them to get it right. When are they ever going to get it right? Just so boring and so long to set up. An hour into the film before you had a decent action sequence with the... Uh, cameo of the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, which can only be described as a cameo. So it just never got going for me. Um, I utterly dislike this film. <laughs> uh, which, if, if that hasn't been clear by now, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming in at minus 6.5. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there are things I kind of want answered to but to re- by rewatching, but I don't think it's worth the investment of my no. time to rewatch this and, now, and I, see if I can make more sense of it. I'm actually going to slightly amend my rating to a minus five point five because what it <laughs> put into my head is just ridiculous. Why the fuck did Superman <laughs> not simply say Lex has my mother at the beginning of the fight? Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. like a gun, more guns, and then Father Satan. Yes. Like, yeah, you know, um, the guns that you know wait, are not going to do anything. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> like just. He even starts off by saying, I have something to tell you. I'm going to just write it. I have something to tell you. Hey. Stop that. I'm going to get you now. Like, <laughs> what, 
Knocking away. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, what? Whatever. <laughs> so that knocked it down another That's half right. a point. Yes. All right. So, okay. so there's two things I'm going to be adding in here. One is an audio file that we received from one of our friends at the Back to the Podcast. And I'm now going to read to you the only other thing that we got back. A friend of mine talked about his feelings on the film. And he said that... It's a movie filled with intriguing ideas and cool concept, but ultimately doesn't deliver. Choppy script with terrible pacing and an unearned ending. Mm-hmm. But he says six out of ten. It's serviceable, but I just couldn't get behind. So high after. Yeah, he has no reason to sacrifice himself for mankind. Never felt attached to him, so when he died, I felt no reason to care, since I never saw much of his humanity other than for his dad and Lois, and even still didn't show any care for mankind at any other time. So yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's his feelings on it. And, Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. All right. All right, and so yes, I will be inserting the uh, somewhat lengthy <laughs> uh, review from Tom here. Hello, fellas from Blokebusters. How are we doing? And hello to all your listeners. Uh, this is Tom from Back to the Podcast, and thank you very much for inviting me to record a little soundbite for your podcast. Let's get sta- stuck straight in. I was not a fan of this film. I went to see it a couple of days ago. Mainly the problem for me was that the story was left with more plot holes than a colander and it overused some really sickening and obvious uh, movie tropes and cliches that just that just in this day and age after so many times we've seen it before it just it just makes me sick to the stomach to to continue to see these sorts of things used in in a serious element in a film. Um, I'll quickly talk about some of the positives because I didn't I didn't hate the film. Um, but I wasn't a fan. Some of the positives for me were... um I actually thought Ben Affleck was really, really good as Bruce Wayne. Maybe not so much as Batman, but as Bruce Wayne, I thought he was really, really believable and really interesting. And I could have actually quite happily watched him for another hour as Bruce Wayne talking to Clark Kent. I thought he uh, delivered that role really, really well. And I know he's a very hated actor <laughs> at the moment, and I'm sure a lot of people are ready to uh, to destroy him. But uh, I actually thought he did quite a good job. I just thought that the script and the plot he was given was not interesting enough for uh, him to win, uh, as it were, with the, with that character. But I actually thought him as Bruce Wayne was great. Um, the interesting one for me was Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. There were points when I loved that. I thought he did such a great job, such an interesting take on the character. Other parts where I thought he felt a little bit like a pantomime dame. Uh, for those of you in America, check out Pantomime Dame. Um, you, you, you might enjoy checking that out. Uh, but it was a little bit hammy for me in places. But I thought, overall, I thought it was quite an interesting take on that character. Um, mainly, Zack Snyder make films that look brilliant. This film looked amazing. Um, and really, the, the, the setup for the film, I enjoyed. The problems for me with this film were where it failed in many ways um, where Man of Steel succeeded. Um, it felt, a lot of ways, like the same movie, using the same plot structure. It was dealing with the conflict of Superman living among the Earthlings, which is a story we saw in Man of Steel. And in my opinion, they did quite well in Man of Steel. I, I think this felt like exactly the same story, but they're trying to cram a lot more in. Um, the main problem for me with the film came from the fact that they're just trying to do way too much with one film. Those of you who know me know that I like the Marvel characters, know the uh, I like the MCU, and the, and the reason I like it is because they took their time and they planted seeds. And, you know, if you think we essentially had five movies before we got the Avengers 1. Now, next year or the year after when we get Justice League Part 1, that's the equivalent of Avengers Part 1. 
Um, so this was essentially like trying, for me, it was like trying to cram in like probably three or four, maybe five movies into one film. And I get the impression that this film probably started life as probably a nine hour film. And the producers said, no, no way are we going to be able to sell that. You need to get that down to two and a half hours. So suddenly you've got an, an editing crisis where a lot of major plot holes are made because scenes are being left on the cutting room floor because you've just filmed far too much and you're trying to cram way too much into one film. Obviously, we hinted at things like we we were introduced to uh, Wonder Woman, but we were hinted at Aquaman and the Flash and Cyborg. But you know they were they were over in a heartbeat. You know we would have liked to have seen a bit more of that maybe in its own film leading up to Justice League. Um, so that was a, a major problem for me. But really, as I said before, the, the main problem was the fact that it just felt like Man of Steel again. Um, at first, I quite liked it. I quite liked the fact that the title was more metaphorical in the, in the sense that, for me, it means maybe we don't need to have a fight. For me, it means maybe it's more political than that. You know, it's Batman versus Superman in terms of why he doesn't like him and, and all the dialogue between them building up the suspense was really, really interesting at the beginning when we have Bruce Wayne versus Superman. But So then the problem is, because we knew we had to have the fight sequence, we then had a plot that then had to reverse engineer a plot that justifies the final fight scenes. So it just felt all very forced. So suddenly we have a final fight scene between Batman and Superman and I don't really care about the characters because they haven't spent any time sort of developing them properly. Um, and it felt a bit forced. Uh, that fight scene was very forced Force, which therefore meant I felt no passion for either of them. Um, and then one big trope for me, big movie trope, was the fact that within seconds of them hating each other, suddenly they're best mates and, oh, there's a few quirky lines and there's a few like, oh, yeah, we're mates, we go back way, I'm a friend of your son's. It just felt all very, very cliche and forced and cringy. Um, and me and my mate who I went to watch it with both sort of rubbed our foreheads at that point and just thought, ah, oh, this, is, this is a... They're sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel here, if you like. I would quite like to talk just quickly about the finale before I get cut off by Paul and Brian. Um, too many times in films we have seen these long, drawn-out battle sequences that absolutely level cities between a few CGI'd characters. They did it in Incredible Hulk, they did it famously in Power Rangers, and it gets really, really infuriating because the problem is, using that much CGI and it being those quick cuts, I feel absolutely nothing for any of the characters. You know, if they're supposedly invincible characters, then what am I supposed to believe in what am I supposed to get behind you know there's no sense of risk or danger you know you're just seeing marvels of effects and, and money being spent and for, for me and Byron who's not here today um, that was our big problem with Man of Steel you know the film the dialogue the plot felt interesting but then we get to a 30 minute sequence at the end which is just Kaboom, 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 kaboom. Explosion, explosion, explosion between all these CGI characters that just don't make me feel anything other than, God, I've been sat here for a very long time. I also felt a little bit cheated with the fact that they tried to con me as a viewer, trying to make me believe that Superman had been killed. I'm assuming he's not. We're all assuming he's not. We all know... I think, unless it's a massive red herring, that he's in the Justice League. I'd, I'd be surprised if they decide to do Justice League without Superman, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to return. Obviously, the, the, the fraction second before uh, the credits where the soil moves certainly suggests that he's moved. So in that case, why, to me, have a 10-minute sequence where, with two funerals, not just one, where they're trying to con us into believing that this character's died? Because the whole way through, we're just thinking, but he's not dead. We know he's not dead. We know he's in the next film. And we know, you know, Superman 
uh, can't really die like that. So, so I, I didn't know what they were trying to get out with that. That just really annoyed me, and that just felt like a bit of a waste of time in already a long movie. Um, anyway, I probably could ramble on for ages, but you know, hey, this isn't my podcast. This is Paul and Brian. So, again, thank you for the platform. We'll probably do our own review in coming weeks, um, but. Thank you guys for for uh, giving me the opportunity. Always love your show, and always uh, love to have a good chat to you about uh, these subjects. So uh, good work, and, and thank you very much. See you soon. There it was. Thank you very much for well, sticking thank you, through Tom, that. For uh, weighing in there. If you want his full review, I believe they're going to be doing an episode on it. So look out for that. And yeah, I think that that has to be it from us. <laughs> yeah, we're toasted. All right. All right, so I've been Paul. I've been Brian. See you guys. Bye. Bye.